0: You're listening to the Sam Oye Podcast, the program that uplifts your spirit, renews your mind, and transforms your life every week. And now, here is your host, the Reverend Sam Oye. Exodus chapter 3 in verse 1 to verse 12. Exodus chapter 3 in verse 1 to verse 12. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of a desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And looked, and behold, the bush burnt with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, Now I will turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt and when the lord saw that he had turned aside to see god called to him or unto him out of the midst of the bush and said moses moses and he said here am i here am i and he said draw nigh hither put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place where whereon thou standest is a holy ground moreover he said I'm the God of thy father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God and the Lord said I surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large uh, and a large unto a flowing a land flowing with milk and honey unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I that, thou sh- that I shall go unto Pharaoh? And that I shall bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee. That I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mount. So I think it's important for us to understand from this uh, text. That God never told Moses to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. It was made abundantly clear. That the mission that God had for him. Was to ensure that he brought them out of Egypt. So the assignment was very clear. Amen. I want to pray that the Lord will bless his word this morning and um, cause your ears to be open and your hearts to receive understanding. In Jesus' mighty name. I started a series of teaching with you you last week, or yes, I think here last week. Praise God. I began talking to you about what I titled the Unbreakable Spirit. Amen. The Unbreakable Spirit. I will encourage you to get the uh, CD if you've not gotten it. And uh, make sure you play it over and over again. There are a few messages you need to keep with you all through life. Because you will need them through the different phases of life. There are messages that are preached for just an occasion. And then there are messages that are preached that you will need for a lifetime. For instance, if you are someone who is going into marriage, it will be necessary for you to get all our marriage series because at one point or the other, you will need those teachings on marriage. Amen to Jesus. And then teachings like this that have to talk about survival, how to overcome the trials and the challenges of life. Uh, these are messages that you need to keep also in your to because you will need them over and over again. I hope you do know that there is no place on earth where, uh, there's no city of the world that is called challenge-free city. Do you know any, for anyone, I'm telling you the truth, if there is a city called challenge-free city, I guarantee you the fact that you will not believe in there. Some of the richest guys in the world would have bought over that place. But the truth of the matter is that there is no place on earth where you are immune from challenges. So if you are not immune from challenges, then you had better be prepared for it. And that's why we're taking on on this series. And I want to look at dealing with failure today. How do you handle failures? Dealing with the subject on the unbreakable spirit. I want to look at how failure can break your spirit. And then I want to show you how not to let failure break your spirit. Amen. Maybe so that I can get to know that I'm talking to the right people. How many of us here have ever failed before? Jesus. What? R- raise those hands up. What? Amazing. Oh, I saw even two hands. Vicky, you raise two hands up. Lord have mercy. Okay, who's never failed before? I mean, I mean, we need to learn a lot from you who's never failed before. Raise your hands up. Okay. Good. So I think I'm speaking to the right audience, right? Okay. Now listen to me. I said something to them on Wednesday. If you've never failed before, it's for simple reasons. Number one, it's very simply because you're already on your way towards one. The rest of us here are either coming out from one Oh, we're right now in the midst of one. But for you who didn't raise up your hand, let me guarantee you under God, you're on your way to one. (laughs) Amen. It's a common thing. May your road be rough. You don't need to say, God forbid, it will be rough. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what you need to do is to prepare for the tough moments of life. Hallelujah. Failure and mistakes are a common universal experience. Failures and mistakes are a common universal experience. Americans fail, Europeans fail, Africans fail. It doesn't matter who you are: Cocosoid, Mongoloid, African American, Hispanic, it doesn't matter who you are. Failure is a universal experience. While it is true that some people are more prone to fail, the truth, however, remains that although these other people are more successful to fail or susceptible to fail, the truth, however, remains that ultimately we will all at one time or the other in our life fail. Failure and mistake can occur at a personal or corporate level. And oftentimes... It will come without announcement. Failure and mistake can occur at personal levels or corporate levels. And most of the times, they will come without announcement. Sometimes you have indicators along the path that failure is on its way. But the reality is that we have come to discover in life that most of the times, it doesn't come with warning signals. Just happens systems fail, structures fail, processes fail. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, failure is a universal experience. There are different kinds of failures, you have academic failures. Sure, if you've written Exam here in Nigeria before. <laughs> Some of you were fortunate to have escaped WAEK, NAEK, GC, <laughs> and some of you escaped JAM. But the reality is that most Nigerians will, t- will tell you that they've experienced one form of academic failure or the other. And for those of you who didn't experience academic failure, there's something we call moral failure. Let me adjust properly and ask. There's anyone here who has not had moral failure before. You've never made some mistakes in the area of morality. Lies and you know, never touched someone you should not have touched. Never allow someone who shouldn't touch you to touch you. Uh, Moral failure. David was a man who had military success. He was successful in his career. But that man had lots of moral failure. It was so bad that the children of Israel, the children of uh, David didn't even know the total number of their father's children. It's how bad the moral failure of David was. David had a problem with women. David would stay on top of the roof and see a woman bathing herself. And David would lose focus on governance. Lord have mercy. David is that CEO that cannot look at a lady, come look for a job and not end up sleeping with her to give her the job such CEOs don't exist in our midst here can I have an amen in the house of God David is that wonderful man of God who will be in church and standing as an usher see ushering the sisters into the church and David will see a sister coming to church and David is married we don't have such kind of ushers here in Jesus name <laughs> Moral failure. Abraham had moral failure. Had spiritual success but had moral failure. Was a man that ended up sleeping with his own concubine. Oh yes, his wife put him under pressure. But he was a man that knew how to hear from God. Judah. The one that the Bible says the king. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor the lawgiver from before him. Judah who had the mandate of God to produce kings. The one who had the mandate of god to keep the law of the lord were made to understand that judah shortly after he lost his wife in the process of mourning judah went to attend to business and saw a prostitute not actually a prostitute because down the line generations to come it was his own son the lion of the tribe of judah jesus was the one that was to actually see the prostitute a reality of the shadow that his father saw judah saw a lady who dressed in the attire of an harlot and could not resist her. He forgot about his wife and slept with a prostitute. Moral failure. Down the line, Jesus, his own son, came and did not meet with a woman dressed in the attire of an harlot, But met with an actual prostitute. A prostitute of Samaritan, or Samaria. And Jesus departed from the norm, broke the jeans. Trailed a new path. Became a pathfinder. Said my fathers may have done it. But I'm not going to do it. Am I talking to somebody here? And I've always learned to say in this church. That if you are doing what your father is doing. You will never rise above your father. If you are doing the same thing that your mother did. Following the same path that your mother followed. Then there's no way you can rise to so be the Lord over that home. Got to be the jinx breaker. Moral failure. Parenting failure, we have it all over the world today. Parents who send their children to school and hope that the school will take on the responsibility of parenting. Parenting failure, we buy everything for our children, give them everything they want, expose them to everything that they want to get. But the reality is we never act as parents to them. Down the line, our failure will come to testify before our face. And oftentimes it will not be when they are in their teenagers, it will be when they've crossed over teenage years. And then the lapses of our parenting will begin to show, our incompetencies as parents will begin to show. Parenting failure, leadership failure. Leadership failure at family level, leadership failure at state local government level, leadership failure even at the church level. Failures happen at different levels, different types. Organizational failure. Recently, we had an organization that has been 110 ten years old in the journalism business, News Time in the United Kingdom, shut down because of organizational failure. Enron shut down. So many other organizations, multinational organizations, had to shut down. I was asking some people recently, how many of you here know about Bata? How many of you know? Okay. A new generation, they don't know butter. How many of you know about butter? Batter are those everlasting shoes. You use them. You can, those are shoes you can bequeath to the next generations. Huh? But you remember back to school? I don't know anybody here used back to school. You understand what I mean? Praise. Huh? You cannot. Those are the kind of things you include among your will. <laughs> Praise God. You can hand over butter shoes to the next your father uses shoe, you can use it and keep it for your children. But when the shift began to happen, fanciful shoes were being brought into town, shoes that were combining fashion and function. But I said no, we were going to still maintain function. Eventually, they were holding on to function, hard souls. Only to wake up and discover that nobody was patronizing them anymore. And a solid company like Bata suddenly disappeared from the radar. Organizational failure. The inability to innovate and catch up with the trends of time. There are also failures on relational grounds. Single people breakups and break in and break away and break around and break within. Breakups everywhere. Singles breaking up every day. And then lastly, we talk about marriage failures. We are living in a day whereby the rate of divorce is just becoming something else. Unfortunately, it is happening right inside the church. And then you hear people say that, listen, I don't think we're compatible. Hello, sir. I have come to realize that most of the cases of we are not compatible is simply a manifestation of your ignorance about certain things that make marriage work. Period. Period. If you don't know about, listen to me, you can be an expert in communication in the marketplace, but if you don't know about the, the intricacies of communication in marriage, you will be successful in communicating out there and fail woefully in your marriage. And say the devil does not want two of us to be together. No, your ignorance is the reason for your breakup. Oh, You see, you can be a financial advisor out there, but if you don't know how to handle the issues of marriage, and money in marriage, it can break your marriage down completely. Divorce, failures all over the place. If I recently would be made to understand statistics, shows that the highest rate of divorce in America right now is among Pentecostals. Yeah, we speak with tongues and break up our marriage like nothing. Hallelujah. Ah, the Lord just said to me now that... Um, it's the Lord said, this is not it for me. That the Lord said, I've had enough. This same Lord who is telling you is enough. Why did he put in scripture long suffering? Why did he put endurance? Why, it, why did he say those who endure to the end? Am I talking to anybody here? Who through who faith and patience do what's up? obtain I oh, don't know Pastor Sam I can't take it without 21st century man can't stress me that way man can't press me that way you can do all the rhymes press stress and what, what again <laughs> praise God amen marriage trail all over the place two days old marriages are breaking up now Two days, so we we'll got married two days, and two days later, I oh, said, so, I just realized that I made a mistake. Two days after. Six weeks' marriage is coming to an end. And sir, the question has been asked over and over again. In people going to their second and third marriages in America, listen to what they ask them. If you know what you know, if you know then what you know now, would well, you have broken up that marriage? The answer in the overwhelming is usually no. In essence, the limitation of your knowledge is usually what frustrates your divorce. Hey, pastor, he's doing this. She's doing that. Have you carried out a study on personality study? Have you done temperamental studies? Have you understood the fact that people are temperamentally different? Do you understand that there's a place for adjustment? Do you understand that professionally speaking, we can have conflict? Which is what we call professional clash. Because I'm I'm a geologist. My wife is a caterer. Are you listening to me. Now, my wife needed to talk to somebody who came to visit us here. Just, was it on Friday or Saturday? Somebody came to visit us here Friday, I think, thereabout. Someone came and said, Pastor, I just came to see what's going on here. And he said, but Pastor, what's going on? And I said, this is what we're about doing. He said, but Papa, the way Mama described it is totally different. I said, she described it like a caterer, right? the way she mixed cake. Somebody was called upon and another one was called. And they blindfolded two of them and asked them to touch an elephant and describe an elephant. One was put around the horse, the other was put around the tail. I said, describe an elephant. He said, an elephant is something that has a horse. The other one said, no, an elephant is something that has something. I'm feeling something like a tail. Hello? You see, perception governs reality. Is that okay? And the proximity of a thing to you can be cloud your vision. Oh. <laughs> okay, what was I speaking about today? What's the title of my message? <laughs> Marriage failure. In fact, in fact, listen to me. Oh, if you don't equip yourself as a single person right now, the probability that your marriage will you end up in a divorce is very high. It's very high, because we're living in the days of impatience, microwave days, Mister Bigs, fried chicken, fried. You know, we don't wait for rice to cook and to be to be cooked anymore. Fried chicken, fried chicken, fr- fried rice, quick. Can I get bogged? It's coming out just like that. And now also I come into marriage with a microwave mentality and expect that someone who's been fixed and fashioned after about 30 years will change because I'm just the angel that I just step into his life within three months. Pastor, why will he change? This is three months now, Pastor. Three months. You have just started to do. Ten years down the line, the thing she's still correcting me about, she's still correcting me on them. Ten years ago, she told me, don't do it like this. I'm still doing it ten years after. I don't want to do it, but I don't know why I'm doing it. It's because I was fashioned that way. Have you read your Bible? The Bible says iniquity and sin was we conceived. We were shaped, shaped. You understand? (laughs) I was cracking a joke recently about um, one of our young men in Lagos. Who happens to be an accountant. Got married to a lady who happens to be a lawyer. And then, you know, the lady called me and said, Pastor Sam, you need to come and talk to your son. I said, What's was the problem? And they were got talking. Pastor Sam, she said, look, one, this man. Every little thing wants me to give him a detail. A, how I spent money in the market. And I said, oh, bro, what, you have time for those kind of things. How much a woman bought pepe? I mean, you really have time. You must have time. And then, you know, the next thing I I said to him, I said to her, I mean, I asked him, I said, what's your problem with that? He said, pastor, this woman argues a lot. She just liked to win an argument. At that point, I paused and I said, come, what did your wife study? He said, no. I said, what did you study? Accounting. I said, madam, come here. And you see, that simple discussion saved their marriage. Because they would have said, Due to irreconcilable differences. Milord. lord. Mi lord. <laughs> one funny case that one of our members I got one funny lawyer to defend him. Defend case. He was Me lord. Me lord. Mi lord. And the other guys were busy firing him. Me, Lord. Me, Lord. I, I, I called him. I said, Excuse, sir. Is this the kind of case you call me to come and witness? I can defend you better than this guy. Where did you pick this one from? Were you going to and you pick one? You picked him along. Then what's the problem? He says, I didn't know. I said, You better know. Due to irreconcilable. And can I say something here, sir? There will always be irreconcilable difference. Can you reconcile, reconcile a delta woman with a Yoruba man? How do you match that? What is the matching point? She will always remain a delta woman. A wealthy, once a wealthy woman, always a wealthy woman. Anelosa once an Egba man, Remove him 1979 when he told you bye-bye to presidency. Bring him back 1999. Once an man. always an man. I didn't mention anybody's name, you know, so. When the Bible says Leopard cannot change his skin, you went into marriage thinking you can change it. Marriages that will fail, the indicators are always there from the beginning. I was sending a lady yesterday, I said, the reason why marriage is always fail is that I said, instead of ladies putting on thinking cap, they'll be putting on feeling cap. I said, listen, if one plus one is not equal to two before marriage, I said, never feel that one plus one will become two after marriage. Listen, if that word help you, you better clap for me and say, serious message now. And if you, if you doubt me, ask those who are married. In fact, if one plus one is not equal to two, before marriage, after marriage, one plus one will be farther away going away from two. Acceptance is a critical thing. What that simply means is that, listen, the key to marriage is acceptance. Giving each other the unconditional rights to be yourself. Because it is is in the atmosphere of acceptance that people really change. You don't confront an individual to change the identity of the person. Every one of us have a sense of ego. We like to protect, shield our individuality. And when you come strong on me trying to change me, the next thing I do is to put up a tough defense. But when you come around me "Now, wow. Now, wow. Ah, ah. You you just... Your lie lie sometimes. eh? I just, you know, it makes... It just excite me. I just... Where you go, solve this slasher. Anyway, what do they do before? You see, you pass your message on. You don't have to say a serious thing in a serious way. Why am I talking about marriage this morning? Okay, somebody's been released. Eh? <laughs> well, whatever kind of failure you may have gone through or you may be experiencing right now or may experience in the future you must learn to look beyond the, the failure or the mistake in order to move on in life failure to look beyond your mistake is the reason why you will get stuck in the mistake or in the failure so you must learn to look beyond the failure learn to look beyond the mistake I like what the bible says in micah 7 verse 8 it says rejoice not over me o ye my enemies for when I fall, I shall arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light, or a light unto me. In the words of Robert Shula, it says success is never ending, and failure is never final. Is that okay? Failure is never final. That you failed is not the end. In actual fact, failure is an indicator that you're making progress. No one fails who is not attempting something. In essence, the only way not to fail in life is to ensure that you attempt nothing. If you look at our case study today, and as I move very fast, our case study is the case of a man called Moses. We all know the case of Moses, the story of Moses. Moses had a good motive. He wanted to deliver the children of Israel. Just like every one of us that sets out and eventually fail along the path. We didn't set out to fail. Nobody sets out to fail. Nobody comes out and say, hey guys, watch out. I just want to show you how to fail. Is that okay? Nobody really sets out to fail in any venture of life. Nobody goes into marriage to fail. It just turns out that because of our inability to factor in certain variables of success, we end up failing. That is why failure is just an indicator that certain variables of success were not factored into the process. And so if success is going to take place, you have to look back through the process again and identify the variables of success and ensure that where they were not included in the former process, you include them in the present process. So nobody really sets out to fail. Moses had a good motive. He wanted to deliver the children of Israel. He was sincere about his intentions. He assumed that his intention will be understood. Somebody use the word say that with me as you. That is one of the critical causes of failure also. Assumptions. Presumptions. And one of the major things every one of us here must begin to learn as a church, one of the things that we are learning as individuals, as singles who are planning to get married. As married individuals, as owners of corporations, businesses, as workers in the office. One of the things that you must learn to deal with is assumption. Never assume. Never assume. Moses assumed that the children of Israel will understand his intentions. And that was the beginning of his problem. Not only that, he stepped out to carry out what God would have wanted him to do. He stepped out at the wrong time. Somebody said, we timing. This is another critical reason why we fail. When we don't walk with timing. The understanding of timing. If you rise up too early to do something, you're bound to meet with a lot of failures and disappointment. If you rise up too late, you're also bound to meet with some mistakes. The right word there is to learn to be right on time. And so because he stepped out, not understanding the Lord timing, he made a lot of mistakes. He failed. And then as a result of the failure, Moses allowed the event to break his heart. It broke his spirit. And because his spirit was broken, Moses had to run out of town. Moses had to run out of business, he gave up his dreams, gave up his vision because his spirit was broken he abandoned himself on the backside of a desert to rearing sheep a man that was born to be a leader of nations decided to take on an alternative assignment simply because his heart was broken you see there is something about failure failure can make you stop pursuing what you were designed to pursue And then make you begin to pursue what you think is easier for you to pursue. Moses left his co-assignment. Went to the backside of a desert. Abandoned himself for 40 years to rearing the ships of Jethro. A man born to be a leader. Abandoned everything. But it was in this process that Moses had an encounter with God. The Bible says he saw a bush that was burning but the bush was not consumed. And Moses decided to stop and look at the sight. God just wanted to get his attention. God wanted to revive in him an unbreakable spirit. I want to let everyone on the side of my voice realize this morning that if you're ever going to have developed an unbreakable spirit that will last at our last time, the reality is if God was the source of the reviving of Moses' unbreakable spirit, God will also be your source. Whatever has happened to you, whatever mistake you may have made, if only you can just return back to God, God can revive in you an unbreakable spirit. Last week, I did define what an unbreakable spirit is here. I said the unbreakable spirit is the spirit of perseverance. It is a spirit of resilience in the face of danger. The unbreakable spirit... Is a spirit of perseverance. The spirit of resilience in the face of danger. In the face of disappointment. In the face of discouragement. In the face of despair and even death. An unbreakable spirit is a persevering spirit. It never, I never say die kind of spirit. The theme that I like watching so very much that reminds me. Of an unbreakable spirit is Tom and Jerry. Anybody watch Tom and Jerry here? Like, I like Tom and Jerry. You know, who suffers the most in Tom and Jerry? Tom. And that's the biggest guy, right? And you know, I've seen that guy manifest the unbreakable spirit several times. Tom will be brought down, a whole building will collapse on Tom. He will go flat. Somehow, Tom will kick out his legs. It's not done yet. It's not over yet. And somehow, shake out the hands. And the guy comes back again. And goes back again into the fight. You see, one of the things that I learned so very much from Tom. Is that sometimes, you can lose the first rounds of a boxing bout. And eventually go on to win the fight. And never let anybody count you out until God says you're out. Never. So the unbreakable spirit is a spirit of perseverance, resilience. In the face of danger, disappointment, discouragement, despair, and even death. The unbreakable spirit is an unquenchable spirit. You can't quench the unbreakable spirit. You cannot contain the unbreakable spirit. Put it in a box and stop it from finding expression. No, not at all. You can, you can put a Nelson Mandela in the prison, but because it's got an unquenchable spirit, from the prison, his impact will be felt around the world. An unquenchable spirit is what an unbreakable spirit is. It's uncontainable. It's unshakable. It's resilient, tough as a nail, and virtually indestructible. That is what an unbreakable spirit is. And I'm not just putting together English words here. I've gone through some things in life. You know, sometimes when some of us are asked to provide our CVs, or we put there are some of our successes. MD of this. Manager of so-and-so. And you know, really these days, I think what organizations will be looking for is survivability. Can you survive? Can you thrive? What have you gone through? Do you have emotional stability? Can you withstand pressure? Am I talking to someone in the house of God here? It is not just about IQ anymore. These days we are beginning to look for things that are more important than IQ. One of my men here looked at me one day and we're gathered together with some of our men. And you know what he said? He said, sir. He said, I've been in a church where the building collapsed three times. He said, but the building is standing today. And I was, and I quickly called one of my ministers. I said, these are the kind of people I like to have as pastors. <sighs> no, somebody that has, have you seen a man? Have you, sorry, have you seen a male? A male. Now, have you seen a male in the house? Who, who just noticed a rat just passed through the house? Hey! And the wife says, sweetheart, what's going on? Why are you screaming that way? She says, sweetheart, it's it's rat. It's, it's there, it's there. It's there, it's there. Landlord knocks on the door, bill! Sweetheart, sweetheart, is landlord. Sweetheart, you know you're a woman. It'll be easier for you to... The Bible says will not be ashamed to confront his enemies at his gate. That's a man. He walks up straight to the landlord and says, Sir, I'm so sorry and I failed as a man. I've not been able to put my money together. And tells his family, sweetheart, you the children stay back. I want to talk with him at the gate. That's a man, sir. He collects the quit notice, treats it personally. And it's after he has sorted out everything, then he calls his wife and says, sweetheart, do you know that four weeks ago we got a quit notice in this house? But as a man of the house, I need to sort it out. Am I talking to anybody here? Not a man that comes and sits down by the rivers of Babylon. It's like, ah, mommy! And the sweetheart, the sweetheart is, what's going on with you, baby? Baby, they sent me quit notice. So, so what do we do? I'm sure you heard the story of the man whose wife get back in Lagos. The wife was in labor. And as the woman was screaming, the man too was screaming. She was screaming. The, the closer I get, the more she screamed, And the more she screamed, the more the man was, yeah, yay! Yeah, yeah. So it was all we were screaming. And the nurse was like, what's wrong? Are you a man? And we're a long story short. By the time the woman opened her eyes with her baby by her side, she saw another bed beside her. Who is on the bed now? The husband too is on admission. <laughs> the crying of the wife broke his spirit. Please <laughs> let me shake someone around here and tell the person you need an unbreakable spirit. <laughs> an unbreakable spirit dwells on the inside of every one of us and it can empower us to go through the most difficult moments of life. If only you will allow your unbreakable spirit to find expression. It can empower you to go through anything and everything that life can ever throw at you. How many of us know the man called Steve Jobs? Is a man of the moment. Now, at death, it seems he's even raining more than when he was alive. And the reason why Steve Jobs is the one everybody's talking about. I was in Obafemi Awolowo University on Friday to speak to them. Guess who they were talking about? Steve Jobs. I was in Ibadan. Steve Jobs. All over the place. Steve Jobs. But most of the people that are even talking about him were people that didn't even know about him before and i said why is this man this thick?" and i got to discover that the strength of the man is actually in the philosophies that he, he has so strong on the inside of him at, i think at an early age of nine steve job had already made up his mind that he will make every day of his life to count every day of his life listen to what's What someone said about Steve Job. I'm sure most of us have got. You've heard the story about the long road to the top. It is about the perseverance of Steve Jobs. We're made to understand that at a very tender age. Steve Jobs achieved some major success. When he was 20 years old. He started Apple in his own parents garage. The Apple that we all have. iPad, Apple, iPad, Apple, iPod. And iPhones and all of that. He started it in his mother's garage. After dropping out from school. Praise God. And within 10 years, the company blows up into a $2 billion empire. Within 10 years. Blows up into a $2 billion empire. But at the age of 30, exactly 10 years after he started a great company, at the age of 30, the board of directors of Apple called Steve Jobs and they said to him, we want to take this company in a different direction. And as a result of that, they fired Steve Jobs, the owner of the company. Mind who is on your board of directorship. They say, sorry, sir, we know you started this company, but we fire you. (laughs) And when he was fired, listen to this. Steve Jobs found himself unemployed again. Back to where he started from. But listen to this. Steve Jobs said, when I was fired, I treated it as freedom. The moment he was fired, he said the first thing, it is, ha! praise God. Now I am free. Free to do what's up? Free to pursue some other things that I'm feeling inside me that I could never pursue if I remain in there. And I will tell you what they are. So instead of seeing it as a curse, because once Christians are fired, the next thing they start looking for is a deliverance pastor. Attend Koboko night. Start going from vigil to vigil. Looking for prophets all over the place. Only a confused person will call somebody to come and tell him about his future. So what is God saying about my future? Don't you know what God is saying about your future? If he has not shown you by vision or anything, can't you read his word? What does this say in Jeremiah 29 verse 11? Can anything be greater than that? I know the thought that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Is that okay? A future that is glorious, that's how another version puts it. For Christians, when they are fired, they go for Koboko night. Sir, we're going between Ibadan to Ife, just about an hour journey. The number of prayer mountains we saw. Jesus Christ. Does anybody understand the battle here? In fact, there was a case we had, We had, you know the signpost along the path saying beware, prayer mountain, beware. Pray. I mean, they just lined up like that. And I called the campaign in the car. Can you see prayer mountain all over the place? And the question we ask ourselves was that with all the prayer can not somebody think with all the prayer mountains in ibadan why is that city still backward dilapidated houses roads bad all manner of terrible things no advancement if you land at Ibadon, when i for the first time i landed at ibadan airport i say is this where you train rodents have you landed at Ibadan airport? The worst airport I have ever seen in this country. Maybe I've not seen others. The largest city in this country. And maybe West Africa. Am I talking here? What do we have to show other than to pray? The Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly. More than what you ask. Prayer. And then number two. Think. Think. We pray, other nations have decided to think. The nations who think are far ahead of us. Those of us who pray are far backward. I am just imagining what will happen if we combine prayer with thinking. Get to Ibadan, sir. Yesterday, we were opportunity to speak. I spoke to single parents, single, I mean single ladies i spoke to single mothers i spoke to women just a women conference and all of that and sir when we had time to talk to single mothers this lady sat down and they were i mean i was broken i was so devastated because the common trend now in ibadan is for men to they they have the capacity to impregnate women they they dash them children like nothing and then walk out on their life go somewhere else again so you have a lot of single mothers all over the place grossly irresponsible men dashing women, children all over the place and flying out of town. When Steve Job was fired, he said, this is not a cost. Kai, say, Father, thank you. In fact, this is when the scripture now says, in all things, not just for all things, in all things, not for all things, in all things, give thanks. He later said that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that ever happened to him. The best thing that ever happened to him was getting fired from a company that he started that has become a 2 billion dollar. Americans don't play with one dollar, not one shilling. 2 billion dollars, you fire me, I will carry out litigation on you. I will bring son after you I will resurrect, gify me back from the grave. You see, how you know great men is usually not in what they contend for, but what they are willing to walk away from. You see, because a great man, if you take anything from him, you see the thing you took from the man came from the man. So take anything from me. So long as you've not taken me from me, I can reproduce whatever came from me. That is a part of great men. That's a part of great men. Great sisters don't get bothered by who takes away a brother from them. Whatever makes a quality brother to come my way, that thing is still in me. So if a sister takes him away from me, in fact, if a brother takes a brother away from you, then he was not designed to stay with you. You had better encourage me to speak seriously. Consider it as the best thing that ever happened to him. Because, listen to what he said. He said, it allowed me to become more creative and re-experience the joy of starting a new company. The joy of starting all over again. Steve Jobs went on to form a mighty software company that we all know in the world today, and it is called Next. He went from setting up Next setting up the largest animation company they call it pixar we all know pixar today one of the foremost animation company it was when he was fired that he set up this two. it was at this point that apple now discovered that they were becoming irrelevant and apple now says sorry sir we want to buy one of your company and that's how they bought over next into apple again that was how steve jobs came back now into apple and it was his return into apple that led to the production of things like ipad iphone and the rest of them a man with an unbreakable spirit a man who will not allow failure to break his own spirit there are so many men in history that have been able to survive the same thing men who have gone through failures Men who have gone through all manner of challenges, but refuse to allow it to break their spirit. For instance, I don't know if you know about the people that they call the Beatles. These are some of the finest singers in America. Before the Beatles started, they were torn down by a recording company that said, we don't like their sound and their guitar music is out of order. It was that same guitar music that now distinguished them. Beware not to let another man's opinion of you become your reality. Never. Number two, there's a man called Charles Darwin. The theory of evolution. Charles Darwin was told by his father, his own father, that he will amount to nothing. it will become a disgrace to himself and to his family. Charles Darwin proved his father wrong. Charles Darwin is celebrated all over the world today. Even though Christians don't like him. But he's brought a concept that has come to stay. Whether you don't like the concept of human evolution. You will like the concept of the fact that we humans evolve. You are constantly evolving. The infusion of knowledge brings about evolution. Is that okay? What you knew yesterday has made you a better person today. Am I talking to somebody here? To that extent you understand the concept of evolution. Even though we do not agree that we came, our descendants, our grandfather, our apes, and monkeys, we understand what he's trying to say. Number three, a man was told by his music teacher, when they were carrying out a music class, that as a composer, if he's planning to be a composer, that he was a hopeless composer, that there is no hope for someone like him. The person I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Is the world celebrated Beethoven? If uh, the choir members may not know him, because you are all singing Kirk Franklin. If you are into classical music, you cannot but know Beethoven. One of the most celebrated men when it comes to music. But his teacher looked at him and said, "Looking at your failure record, you are a hopeless composer." Today is a world celebrated composer. Listen to me. If you fail, don't stay where you fail. Go beyond where you fail. A man was fired from a newspaper company because they said that he lacked imagination and had no original idea. Who was I or who am I talking about? Walt Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, the world flies to Disney Island today. Disneyland today everybody's dream and desire except if your children don't watch cartoon but if you ever let your children watch cartoon they will one day ask you to take them to Disney Island in Florida the man behind all of that was a man that they said lack imagination everybody's entitled to their opinion you are entitled to your destination Am I talking to anybody in the house of God? A man was told by his own teacher that he was too stupid to learn anything. The teacher sat there and said, look, I, 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 d, d, d. you know when children have been assessed, uh, this is a brilliant boy, he needs to work on his mask. A teacher looked at his own student and said, how do I assess this boy? And he said, listen, um, you are too stupid. You, you understand? Now listen, Why would you feel if your child comes back home after an exam and brings his report card home? And you now want to look at teacher's remark. Your son is too stupid. Now listen, I didn't say the son is stupid. Too stupid is a a qualifying word. Is that okay? His stupidity is beyond the... I was told that he was too stupid to learn anything. Ladies and gentlemen, guess who I'm talking about? Thomas Edison. Is that the man you call too stupid to learn anything? In actual fact, his stupidity that you witnessed at the beginning was actually brilliance in disguise. It's just that you lack eyes to see. You see, can I say something here? Some of us call ourselves failures. Because we went to read the wrong course, some of you would have been better dealing with numbers. You went to do things that have to do with uh, reading, and you are not too good at reading volume. The moment you see a volume, you're faith just and you're a lawyer. The moment you see volume of book, hey God, now you run. Now listen to me. God created all of us differently. Am I talking to somebody here? There are people that are better when it comes to letters. There are those who are better when it comes to numbers. Find where you belong. Sometimes the people you call failures are just those who went to run, run on the wrong track. See, I play handball. I played handball at the national level. So I thought because we normally do exercise and one of our exercises will run around our track about 10 times and all that. So I thought that qualifies me to go and run 100 meter race. So when Benji- uh, uh, this guys Nigeria, you know, Benuki and the rest of them, when they came to my state, and I now say fine. I mean, I can run around track, so I think I can run hundred meter dash. When they started by fifty meter dash, this way, these guys were running fifty meters midway. I I you you, you sorry, I took a recess. Do, do you understand? I have to be dignified about what I did. Is that okay? I I, I didn't say I dropped. I just took a recess. Do you understand that? Meaning, I had to take some time off to take a break. Is that all right? I remember, I remember in my inter-house, inter-house sports, we had a situation like that. And then my house was being represented by a friend of mine, who is a good marathoner. And then the blue house was being represented by one guy. The moment they said, on your marks, it was supposed to be an 800 meter race. On your marks, get set, everybody, go! And this guy from blue house pulled out. Ah! 200 meters he has already gaped everybody. I was upset with the guy in from my house. What a disappointment. The guy was just going Ah, I said what a reproach. Who sent us to select this guy? The guy was just going slow, steady. I'd like you to know that because you are slow doesn't mean you will fail. And the fact that you have failed fast doesn't mean you will succeed. Sometimes those who are fast are the ones who fail; those who are slow are the ones who are sure. Take it easy. The guy was just going slowly, slow and steady. But so I, I, you know, it disappointed me. I bowed my head, but I was going to raise my head at the three hundred meter mark. I, I was looking for the blue house guy. I couldn't find him. I, I, what's going on? I, so I called somebody. I said, "Where is that blue house guy that was?" Lead? I even thought he had finished. They say, sir, look at that place in the field. Can you see somebody lying on the ground? <laughs> see, when he got to 300 meters, his spirit became broken. At the 400 meter, my house guy began to, he calls it pull out. His speed began to increase. 500, he began to go. 600, 700, this guy pulled out. The speed with which the other one started was the one my house guy used to finish. I went and met him and I said why did you do it that way? He said, marathoners divide their strengths. And you know life is a marathon. Life is not a sprint. Divide your strength. Don't run now. What should you should be running then? Hallelujah. Ah, let me quickly move on. Now, I don't know if anybody has heard about a man called Albert Einstein. Have you heard about him? Now, this man was not able to speak when he was four years old. And his own teacher now opened his mouth and said, Albert Einstein will never amount to anything. But you know who Albert Einstein became? Winston Churchill. While he was in his sixth grade, the teacher looked at him and the teacher said, listen, we want to give you a certificate because we don't know what to offer you considering the kind of... <laughs> so we want to give you the certificate. You are a dunce with a distinction. I mean, that your, your don'ticity is with a... Di- <laughs> How many of you know Winston Churchill? One of the best prime ministers the United Kingdom ever had. Am I talking to somebody here? Winston Churchill. That was someone that somebody said you will amount to nothing. When he got home, the mother saw that. She said, my son, disregard whatever your teacher has told you. Only what your mother tells you should matter to you. And the mother began to pour confidence into her son. And the boy rose in the face of those who said he will amount to nothing and became the first citizen. Of the United Kingdom. A man was caught from his high school basketball team. I'm a storyteller this morning. A man was cut from his basketball team. He went home. Locked up himself in his room. And cried. But he refused to take failure personally. They said he was not qualified to make his high school basketball team. Ladies and gentlemen. He said no. They may not take me in my high school basketball team. But at least I can be playing basketball in my community. The man rose up to become the famous, the one and only Michael Johnson. What do you think would have happened if Michael Johnson had allowed what they said about him? The failure that came his way. What if he had allowed it to break his spirit? The world would have missed celebrating a man like Michael Johnson. Michael Jordan, sorry. I want to say some few things to you. I haven't talked to you about those people. Let me close with this. How can you develop an unbreakable spirit also? number one: take responsibility for your mistakes and failures and learn from it. Failures are samples that you can have a better future if you learn from it. Take responsibility for your failures and your mistakes learn from it as a senior pastor of the church i am responsible for anything that happens in this church i take full responsibility if anything ever happens here i'm fully responsible for it i like what i saw in japan because of the flooding that came to japan recently the people rose up and said sorry sir prime minister we didn't like the way you handled this flood." and the prime minister said i'm so sorry about that and you know what he did sir I watched what happened in Japan. I thought that man did his best. The man was constantly on the news. But they still felt, looking at the standard that they do expect from their leader, he fell short of it. Unlike in my one, sorry, unlike in a country in West Africa. The man took a bow and left the office. Took responsibility. For his decision, he did not excuse it, he did not excuse his failure. If you're ever going to grow, if you're ever going to become a successful person, an achiever, you must learn to take responsibility, learn to say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Number two, you must never allow people's comment or opinion of you to become your reality. Never. Number three. You must learn to see failure as a learning process. Learn to see failure as a learning process. Number three, number four. You must always remember your original goal before you failed. That's what the Bible said Who for the joy that was set before him did what, sir? Endured the cross. Always keep your original goal before you. Always make sure that failure does not come to steal that from you. Number five, am I correct now? You must network with like-minded people. Surround yourself with achievers, positive-minded people. People that will let you know that you can still bounce back after any setback. People that can provide you with wisdom necessary for you to move on and forge ahead in life. Beware of the wives of Job who will say looking at the failure that has come your way, you better kill yourself and die because there's no more future for you. You must do it all over again intelligently. Failure is an opportunity for you to do it all over again but do it intelligently. There is always a sure guarantee that you will fail again if all the indicators on ground that you are following are the ones you followed before. If the road you are following today are the roads that you followed before that led you into a pit, it is almost predictable that you will fail again. So the proof of difference, the proof of success is in the difference. The different approach, the different steps, the different processes that you put in place. You must learn to do it all over again, intelligently, all over again. Now a few things I want you never to do when you fail. And I want to quote John C. Maxwell here. Number one, when you fail, do not blow up. Number two, when you fail, do not cover up. Number three, when you fail, do not speed up. Number four. When you fail. Do not back up. Number five. When you fail. Do not give up. Let me start. Number one. When you fail. Do not blow up. What that means is don't overreact. You only fail. It's just an event. Amen. Stop making your children pay for the fact that you just made a mistake. It's a mistake and that's what it is. That's why English has a word for it. You fail, that's okay. Get up and move on. Don't overreact. Don't make other people to pay for your mistakes. Don't let your family become the recipient of your anger. Stop blowing up. Stop throwing tantrums all over the place. In fact, we have come to discover that it's only arrogant people that can't take failure graciously. If you find anybody who can't take failure graciously or mistake graciously, just know that there's a spirit of pride at work somewhere. Learn to take failure graciously. Don't blow up. Stop going around blaming everybody you are the head of music something goes wrong in the music department take take complete take complete responsibility for that stop blowing up stop blaming the solo leader you just take responsibility and as a pastor i take responsibility for everything ceo take responsibility number 2 don't cover up what that simply means is that when you face stop trying to bury it stop Trying to bury it. Someone said something to me. I, I think most graciously, uh, Vicky said that to me last. We we're talking about the case of the elephant. You know, if something is dead and you bury it, you cover it up. You bury it inside your house. You don't want anybody to know about it. How long can you bury it? For a while. Is that okay? Because over time, it's going to start smell out, smelling out. The stench will come forth. Stop trying to bury anything. Don't forget. As a humble person, you have nothing to be. Don't take, can I say this? Don't take failure personally. Failure is an event, not a person. You can fail and not be a failure. That you fail doesn't mean you're a failure. The world has come to prove to us over and over that some of the most successful people in the world were the ones who failed the most. Number three, don't speed up. When you make a mistake, I've seen that. A lady was just talking to me and she was like, sir, you know, the reason why I quickly rushed into that relationship was because the one I was in just broke up. That's a speed up. Is that okay? Pastor Bimbo always say, they say, Pastor Sam, if there is a breakup, the right thing to do is to give yourself minimum six months. At most one year. So that you can clear up the emotional clogs, everything and everything because if you are not careful, when you come out from a breakup, you will not know how that you'll be looking for somebody who is opposite to this one but has a greater problem that you will never want. You'll speed up. When I came in here on Monday, the first thing I did was hey, 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 we had the opportunity of raising up the walls and raising, I said can we call structural engineers? Let them come and talk and tell us. There's no speeding up anywhere. Remove whatever has to be removed here. Clear up whatever you have to clear. And the next thing we need to do quickly is we need to get information. Who needs to tell us what? Don't be in a hurry to fly from one to another. Make sure you understand the variables clearly on ground. Number four. Don't back up. What that means is stop trying to defend your failure. try to defend it who do you owe anything sir we're trying to defend what number five am i correct do not give up stop trying to quit because you've just failed or had an experience of failure never let that make you quit Last week I told you as Harvest House members that we have demonstrated indeed what I call the unbreakable spirit. I told you last week why I said that we have demonstrated that culture of the unbreakable spirit. And this is simply because we have discovered now that you can remove our roof. But we know that the banner over us is still what I said to you last week that you can pull down the pillar of our building, but the pillar that holds our lives so strong it's still in place i said to you last week that you can remove the doors of our building but our access to favor cannot be removed i said to you last week that you can remove the windows of our building but you can't steal our vision away from us i also said to you last week that you can remove the blocks of our building but you can't break the bond that puts us together i said to you last week that you can remove the beams of our building but you can't steal our courage from us i said to you last week that you can even remove the walls of the building but you can't remove our abilities to bounce back the reason is very simple what makes us harvest house is not our building but we the people we are strong courageous determined we are a people that are capable of bouncing back. We cannot be contained. We cannot be quenched. We cannot be destroyed. Our spirit is strong. We have done it before. We can do it again. Am I talking to somebody in the house of God? And anywhere you find an harvest house member, one of the hallmark of an harvest house member, after this moment, is going to be in the fact that if they are in an office where something goes wrong, you can be sure that they will bounce back again. If business goes down, we will bounce back again. relationship goes back, we can bounce back again. Am I talking to anybody in the house of God? The reality is, he that is with us is greater than he that is in the world. I come to challenge you today by the spirit of the almighty God. Whatever has happened in your life, whatever you may have seen before, I want to let you know that you still have in you an unbreakable spirit. You can rise again. You can make it again. You can triumph again. You can be the next innovator in this world. You can be the next person that will bring forth that which the whole world will celebrate. Let me say this. Don't let anybody tell you that they know who you are because of their little interaction with you. There is more to you than meets the eye. Am I talking to somebody here? Under pressure, you will know the kind of person that I'm made up of. Some of us here appear too weak. terms of our visual looks but the truth of the matter is there's a heart of steel on the inside of us we are not spineless worms we are not vegetables we are human beings with backbone we've got courage on the inside of us am i talking to anybody here if you fail last week i'd like you to bounce back because this week is your week of triumph if you made a mistake last week i'd like you to get ready because this will be your week of success sit down and look at the variables Ask yourself the most important question. Which of the I's did I not dot? Which of the T's did I not cross? Where was I supposed to put a comma that I didn't put a comma? And get back and fix everything that needs to be fixed. And I guarantee you one thing. You will rise again. I said you will rise again. Faithful is he who has called you. Who is able also to bring it to pass. The Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might obtain the reward. Am I talking to anybody in the house of God? Yet a little while and he that will come, will come and he will not tarry. I'm so excited in God. Because the things that the Bible talks about that God is about to do, the Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men. The things that God has in store for those who love him. I came here to announce ahead of time to everyone, under the sound of my voice, that what has happened today what has happened yesterday cannot be compared with what god thanks for listening if you're enjoying this episode and you like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media leave a rating and good review to catch all the latest from me and connect with thousands of people globally download my latest app the transformers hub on ios and android You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter at RevSamOye. Thanks again. I'll see you in the next episode.